Hello, my name is Jason and welcome to DesignCast. It's a podcast where I interview a wide range of guests and ask the question, how do you design education? Why is this important? Students all learn differently and need varied teaching methods to be successful. It is more important now than ever to accommodate and personalize education for all students as much as possible. I use my 25 years of experience as an educator to ask questions and to learn about the exciting things people are doing to provide for all students and their unique perspectives. Each episode, I chat with guests from all over the world, from classroom teachers, authors, consultants, and beyond. We chat around a range of topics that we feel are important right now. Will you join me in this journey to learn and grow together? If it's your first time here, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to check it out. If you like this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, and download from your preferred podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by new listeners. Also, please use the hashtag DesignCast when discussing your thoughts and feedback on your favorite social media platform. To connect with me, I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. So let's get on with the episode. On this episode of DesignCast, I had the pleasure of chatting with my longtime friend and colleague, Dr. Barbara Wrightson. Spanning more than 25 years in the field of education, Barb's career has encompassed a myriad of roles in pre-K to 12 schooling, ranging from teacher of multiple secondary subjects to curriculum coordinator and administrator. Additionally, she teaches and trains teachers at the tertiary level. Throughout her time in the field of education, Barb has gained a wealth of knowledge, experience, and education about education, and has developed a talent for engaging in lifelong learning. Currently, Barb is a lecturer at Pacific Islands University in Guam and Hondong Global University in South Korea. We talk about several topics, but our time discussing our thoughts about the future of education is fascinating and really shouldn't be missed. I have no doubt that our chat will leave you wanting to hear more. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat with Dr. Barbara Wrightson. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm just so absolutely thrilled to have my longtime friend, Dr. Barbara Wrightson, with me. Barbara, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm, I'm making it, man. I'm making it, and it's just so good to talk to you. We, we talk a lot, and we've been talking about doing this for a long time, so I'm really happy that we finally have a chance to catch up and chat about just things that we feel are relevant in education. And so, Barb, if you don't mind, can you talk just for just a second to just sort of introduce yourself and, and talk about the things you've done? Yeah, I'm Barbara Wrightson, and uh, I've been involved in education now since, well, I guess 1993. I've taught overseas for 
overseas as in I'm an American, so outside of the United States for pretty much the entirety of my career, with the exception of one semester of student teaching that I did in New York City in Spanish Harlem, but I've been overseas in Slovakia, Brazil, China, Korea, um, in international schools with uh, multilingual clientele, um, building programs, worked in some startup situations, worked a lot with IB programs. I spent 21 years in IB schools, um, working with the MYP and DP as a teacher, set up the CP at, a, at school that worked out with Jason, and then also um, as an administrator, P to 12 administrator, I've also supported PYP through supervision evaluation of teachers and curriculum development, things like that. So long time in international education. Sometimes it seems like an eternity. Sometimes it seems like <laughs> yesterday. Uh, I completely agree. Thank you, Barb. That's awesome. I didn't realize you were in Slovakia. I think at some point I knew that, but that's... How long ago was that? That was early on, wasn't it? 1993 to 95. I went there right after wow. Czechoslovakia split. So Jan January 1st of 1993, Czechoslovakia split into Czech Republic and Slovakia. Wow. So I went there in, in August, July, August of 93. You know, basically we helped birth a nation in some senses, right. you know, students that were at the school I worked in was a bilingual school. Um, it was uh. the first bilingual school in the country and amazing students. My students wow. today are actually running the country. Many of them, you wow. know, they're doing amazing things. So yeah, it was a great time. Really great time. I loved it. <laughs> amazing students, like amazing students. Wow. wow. Just great, great, great students. Loved it. That is super cool. I did. I, I don't know. I just it never connected with me that you did that. So wow, that's super cool. Quite the pioneer trailblazer. That's uh, I can only imagine it was a lot like the Wild West when you probably it was. got there. there. It was no <laughs> telephones. Like yeah, we had to go to we had to go to uh, one of the five star. There was only one five star hotel. Let me take that back. There was one international five star hotel. So we would go there about every six weeks and like hand over pretty much an entire month's salary to make an international phone call home to our families. No telephones, wow. no internet, forget wow. it, but not even telephones in people's apartments. And the school had a phone, but we weren't allowed to use it. Um, they, they, <laughs> of course. You know, we, could, we could get an number, we could give it out for emergency reasons, right. the number out right. to, for emergency reasons to our family, but we were not allowed to take calls unless it was an emergency. And Man. It was wild. It was a wild the time. good old it days, was fun. right? It was the, <laughs> the good, good old days, day. you know? And even my <laughs> students, you know, and I was only 20, 22 when I went and my students, some of them were 18, 19 years old. So they're all yeah. my friends now, right? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, they say that we, we talk about that a lot. Like there was no like, it was like you make a plan and you meet somebody because you had no way to contact them to change the plan, right? And so the, oh, in terms wow. of like socialization, it was just a different era. And yeah. it was, people felt like it was, in the, yeah, the good old days in some senses of like, oh, I can't text you at the last minute to say, oh, you know, no, I'm not going, right? It's like, yeah. you just commit and you do it. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. Wow. It was a fun time. Great time. That yeah, sounds I cool. I mean, I, can you imagine people now finishing college and going somewhere like that? That's, that's sort of no. just opening up and... I mean, I don't think there's the adventurous spirit necessarily anymore. <laughs> yeah. The well, same and where way is, it you used know, to be. where is left? I mean, even North Korea right. is connected now, right? Like, right. there's nowhere right. left that's unconnected to, I shouldn't say nowhere, uh, but there's very few places left that are right. completely unconnected to the rest yeah. of the world or, you know, living, you know, operating under those sort of novice, and that's the word, it's not novice, but, you know, kind of um, very, um, very basic, simple. 
early, yeah, simple, yeah, yeah. Or, simple or naive nation. circumstances. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. It was wonderful. That is, that's Love. totally true. Yeah. I can only imagine. My goodness. That's so much fun. Awesome. So I want to also ask you, so you and I talk a lot about how much we have seen change in education in our time, because I've been overseas not nearly as long as you, but I'm approaching the same amount of time. I spent a few years in the States working, but what kind of trends, what kind of future trends and, and things do you see possibly happening, especially as the world continues to open up post-COVID? What do you see? What are you seeing happening in, in not only international education, but just education in general? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, and especially, you know, Jason, and you know, this uh, too, with your own children, uh, you kind of witness education from a really close up experience, even uh, though you're an educator and you've educated other people's children all these years. But yeah. I think what I see, you know, even looking at my own children's experience is just how not you know it's it's the concept of that knowledge economy it's like it's gone like knowing stuff doesn't really get you anywhere right. in this world because right. knowledge is completely available at the click of a button on everybody's smartphone right like so knowing thing so an education system that's built on knowing stuff is kind of unhelpful um you know it right. gets kids a grade or gets them through a system but it doesn't actually prepare it, it doesn't really it's not there's no real world application happening when it's just about knowing stuff and kids know a lot of stuff and so i think it, i really think it's that whole idea of what do they do with the stuff yeah. that they like how can they apply right. and build with what mm. they know you know apply mm. build create problem solve with what they know and because everybody, you know, I, I also think there's a lot of not so standardized stuff that happens in the world today. Like I'm, I'm just with my youngest daughter was showing me. She was like, Mama, do you want to see the Christmas halls? And I was like, what is the Christmas halls? And she was like, you know, H-A-U-L-S, halls. And I was like, oh. okay, what's that? And so oh. on TikTok, people are oh, literally posting goodness. videos where they're, oh, here's my, my stocking, and this is what I got, and this is what I got, and this is what I And you just think, oh, my gosh. And I, and I was sitting here thinking, this is so interesting. Like, how is it that, like, people are captivated by watching other people talk about their Christmas things? <laughs> right? But, like, yeah. so you just think, what is the world we are living in? You know, yeah, and how, totally. how, what, what is the, how does it, what is it, what education do we need to address the needs of kids? who are so interconnected and so knowledgeable and so, you know, just up to date with everything. So I think that this comes down to like tapping into everybody's potential and how do you, that's why I think education really for years has been so standardized, but now the world we live in is just not standardized anymore. I think the individual potential is so much greater than it once was as opposed to the collective potential that we had in the industrial revolution era model of education right so i think that personalization is really key to um building effective education programming and how do you tap into everybody's individual potential and their individual you know specialties um but also you know where where what kind of growth do they need where are their growth points and what sort of development are, do they need in different areas how do you so how do you build a model that does that you know and especially when you look at like the, maybe the public education model with large class sizes and things like that like what does that do to make it work obviously post covid or i guess we're not are we post covid yet i don't think we are but <laughs> some places some places are <laughs> not where i'm well, sitting but yeah some places I think, are. <laughs> I guess in, in endemic COVID era, as yeah. in 
we're in theory, we're still in a pandemic. We're but anyway, with it in now. The, yeah. Yes, in the living with yeah. COVID era, you know, we've mm. all learned a lot in education about <laughs> how to what to do in terms of technology and the use mm-hmm. of the interfaces with all sorts of different types of tools for students and learners, mm. what that can do to tap their potential and tap them as individuals, but also pace learning to meet their needs, you know, and I think that's the most, one of the fascinating things you see when you buzz around online or get your news feeds or whatever you do to keep up to date. Like there's so much tech, you know, interesting pieces of interesting tools out there that help foster individual and personal growth. And I think that's a big key of it, you know, and, and I guess what the other thing we've been, I've been talking about with you a bit, Jason, but with thinking about too, is that whole UX or LX. LX, yeah. idea of like, how are we designing for learning? Which is fascinating that it's kind of grown out of the tech world. You would have thought it would grown out of the education world. But, <laughs> but you know, because we're the ones that specialize in learning. But yep. the tech world has developed that whole concept of, you know, design for mm-hmm. the user or the, the user. learner. The person who's going right. to do something with it. That's right. And that's a, quite a fascinating concept to think about is how do we design learning experiences for the learner? Instead of so focused on X, Y, or Z set of external things that need to be done mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with education. Yeah, and you know, it's so funny you mentioned your own kids because your your youngest daughter is the same age as my oldest son. And I was just walking with him the other day in the park and we were talking about, he said, why do I have to go to school if everything everyone's ever known is in my hand on my phone? And I thought, you have a great question. <laughs> you have a good reason. I said, but do you know how to use that information that's in your hand on your phone? And he's like, well, you know, my teachers would say such and such and da da da. And, you know, he's mm, he's a 13 year old, right? So he's going to look at this from a, a an adolescent boy's perspective. But he has a point, you know, and he says, well, it's to do this and then to do this and then to go to school and then to go to college and then to go to like he had this whole thing mapped out. And I said, where did you learn that? I said, I've never said that to you. And he says, well, that's what all my classmates tell me, or that's what this tells me. So even though you and I both agree, we see this all the time. Not all parents necessarily share because they know one construct (laughs) and that's how it's worked for them to be successful. And they assume the construct is the same. Um, And so I think it's interesting how we not only have to educate the students, but we have to educate the community in general you know, the wider community about how education is changing. And so I think that's really interesting that you mentioned that because we literally had that conversation this week. It's like, why do I have to go to school, man? And I'm like, you know, that's actually a really, really intelligent question. <laughs> and so, other than it's paying our bills, buddy. And I mean, like, but yeah, that was super, super interesting. So where do you, where do you see then, how do you see LX and UX and this idea of personalization where, how do you see that sort of trickling down into the classroom? What what where do you what do you think might happen? Yeah, I mean that's a good good question. I think I'm in the market for a new job, and it may be a bit of a career change too. We'll see. But I'm but, but I'm watching a lot of job boards from yeah corporate America to education for profits, education nonprofits, schools, universities. All sorts of just, it is interesting to see how that that UX idea kind of plays into so many of the job descriptions that are out there. And it's fascinating to think of like, 
I also think I also start to wonder, are we as educators going to be, be put out of business too? Mm. Because there's an element to what's happening with UX LX that doesn't, do we need an educator to do it? And I mean, we would argue yes, right? Yes. We, we yes. are the ones that study adolescent psychology mm. and all this kind of stuff. But I don't know, the corporate world might speak a little bit differently about that too. And, you know, there yep. I know people that are doing UX design that have little to no experience Contact. or education yep. about education, right? right? And so that's that's where you, I, I wonder, what is that? It's that technology piece again, right? Of how much of technology just yeah. drives the world that we live in, whether it's um, you know, the internet itself having been created as a piece of technology, all the tools and apps that are out there. Yeah. But then all the learning that becomes accessible to a person because of the technology. Mm. And mm. now we have this UX concept that seems to be infiltrating a lot of what's done online or when it comes to, to jobs and work and things. So I think it'll be a big player. I think it's a big player. And I think it's interesting to see also how many like education for profits and nonprofits that are, are out there in the online world mm. offering things to middle and high school students in particular, you know, mm -hmm. alternative mm -hmm. options to a bricks mm -hmm. and mortar school for them. And well, how does that happen? That happens through the UX model, right? Or the LX mm -hmm. model. Mm. And I think, you know, that's what something that COVID taught us too, is like, you don't have to be physically present in one place or time. Right to right. learn right right and so lx and ux lx whatever you want to call it, <laughs> it that 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 concept is 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 really um fascinating to see how it's taking on the online learning world for sure i i think it's i think over time i mean look honestly when computers were much more readily you know much more available to the masses everyone thought well this replaced teachers and it didn't you know, when the internet became more pervasive and, and permeated into society, same question, right? So I think anytime something new comes along, people immediately assume, thinking about AI at the moment and how it can write everything for you. You just put a few keywords in and you're done kind of thing. And again, I don't I don't see, uh, as you, you and I both have talked about many, many times, that education as a field is a behemoth to try to turn that quickly it will just capsize right so it's not possible to turn it quickly i think the only thing that could have done it was a global a scale you know crisis like we've just had but even with that once schools opened up they went right back to what they were doing before and, uh, and i think that and but unfortunately i think now their customers their parents and their students are starting to demand more because they know they can have it a different way right so i I'm interested to see that too. I mean, I don't think either one of you and I have the answer, but I think we can definitely <laughs> think about it, <laughs> you know, and, and, yes, and I, just, yeah, I totally agree with you, Barb. I think there's a lot of things that could definitely come from that. It's it's super, super interesting yeah. to do that. Yeah. And when you look at the AR and VR concept yes. of that being infiltrated into education too, yep. that whole I mean, I don't know anything about it because I'm pretty <laughs> kind of a tech idiot in many ways, but um I do know that that's going to be huge. It is is already making a big impact uh, in education, but I think in terms of the personalization piece, you know, the self pacing of learning or the whole idea yeah. of the mastery, um, yeah, the, the the concept of mastery as opposed uh, to standards based, for example, yeah, um, yeah. and moving micro into micro badging models. the whole bit, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the AR and the VR pieces are big and going to be big 
are, are big right. probably already right. getting bigger and all of that and then our students learning how to how to do all yeah. that stuff sometimes you know we learn a lot from them don't we in education oh no doubt no doubt and the thing is even if that information is accessible to them they don't know how to use it properly right so i mean i think True. that teachers will have to retool the way they learn to teach um and so i Therefore. think that's su super important yeah i mean and i was um talking to someone earlier uh this week and and said you know if i had only learned how to use word perfect i would have been left behind right like but uh -huh. but i yeah, had yeah. to learn the skills to be able to use uh -huh. something like word perfect um i don't even know if word i think it's open office or something now but the uh -huh. whole point being learn learning the workflow was more important yep. than learning the actual app right and and so yeah, 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 yeah i think that may be what teachers have to do is just retool you know the way in which they deliver content um i think there's always going to be a need for an adult in the room to kind of make sure that things are doing what they're supposed to do and and so yeah. that's awesome barb yeah i i mean i'm yeah i'm excited i think you know you and i were sort of towards the back half of our career and so i think it's <laughs> it may not be okay. something we see in our own professional life but we certainly can see it in our children's our children's yeah. lives right and that kind of mm -hmm. thing and so i appreciate you sharing that with me mm -hmm. Barb, I have a, a final question I want to ask you because we could talk all day and I know that you're very yep. busy, but if you could travel back in time and talk to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? My younger self. Yep. Anytime. <laughs> uh, I think what, one of the things I want to tell myself sure. is, you know, I studied French in high school for four years and I, I studied in the American high school system so which means I never learned how to speak any French and I but I was <laughs> right. I was the president of the French club and I was like the star of French class but that was because I could <laughs> read and I, could, I right. could read French pretty well anyway I think I would tell myself get multilingual as quickly as possible uh, and maintain those languages because I feel like yeah. that's you know I, I learned Portuguese when I lived yeah. in Brazil pretty fluently, but that was because I had French to build on. But my French has never yeah. evolved into the way that it was. But I think those I think multilingualism is a really important wow. component of a good quality life and a good quality yeah. I mean, I know you know that from your own family experience yes. too, yes. Jason, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's important and I think for for um young people to because they're they are so connected, the world's so connected, and it's so easy for them yeah. to do different stuff with different people all over the right. world. And I think that multilingualism breeds the concept of multiculturalism too, and intercultural awareness, or whatever you want to call it, international mindedness. Like pick a term; it's all kind of the same right. thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think that that would be my big thing, and I I also think I would have would have told myself to try to focus more on conceptual learning than content learning, even though I didn't grow up in a concept-based school, you know, no, no. learning environment for the most part. I had one teacher that was pretty good at it, but I can see now how I got so obsessed with content. And then when I went off to college, I struggled mm -hmm. a lot because I just, yeah. even though I was a great student in high school, I struggled a lot because I just couldn't put, I couldn't put the big pictures together. And I think that's, that is a key of just being a functional human being is being able to, to sift and sort and and um, categorize stuff that exists in the world, whether it's information or like physical other physical stuff. Sift and sort it so that conceptually you can process it all and retrieve it when you need it and apply it when you need it. I think that would be those are a couple of yeah. a couple of key things. Great. Oh man. 
I was expecting you to say stuff like invest in Facebook or something like that, but <laughs> that sounds good no. to me, man. <laughs> no. That's awesome. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's so funny, Mark. Invest in Facebook. <laughs> oh, no, man. Well, <laughs> listen, I know that we could just talk and talk and talk all day long, uh, but I'm, I'm cognizant of your time and I appreciate the time you've given me and I'm hoping we can do this again before too long and and kind yep. of see where we where things have gone but thank you so much for your time barb i'll make sure all your contact stuff that you want to share is available through the show notes so anyone who wants to maybe okay. get in touch with you or follow you on twitter or on linkedin or whatever it's a that'll all be there in case people want to do that but thank you so much for your time right. barb i really appreciate it sure thing cheers mate I hope that you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. Again, I'm Jason. I am the creator and host and one-man band when it comes to this podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. And please share it with your colleagues and friends and help me network with those folks who you think will benefit from listening to this podcast. If you own a company or you have connections where you would like to partner with me in this podcast, whether it be sponsorship or product reviews or any other possible services, please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes and I cannot wait to hear from you. I only do this because I love talking to people and I love sharing my passion with all the listeners. So, if you are interested in possibly being a future guest, please reach out and get in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. I really want to hear about how this podcast and its guests are helping you become better or to enrich your lives. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be good to one another. Thank you for being a loyal DesignCast listener. Without your support, this would not be possible. As a loyal part of my professional network, I want to share with you an exciting event that will be happening in January and February of 2023. I'd like to invite you to an upcoming series of professional development workshops, or PD Collective, organized by Classipy, a New Zealand-based global education organization. The Class of P PD Collective is a free, high-quality, online professional development workshop series that aims to bring together worldwide experts and leaders in education, all on one platform. The focus is on uniting teachers across the globe so as to ease the process of international collaboration and make an impact on international education. I'm humbled to share with you that I am one of the key facilitators at this event. I'm presenting a session on the topic, Universal Design for Learning, and we're going to be doing a deep dive. And that's going to happen on February 4th, 2023 at 10 a.m. India Standard Time. Along with me, there are other prestigious keynote speakers and facilitators who will guide you through the progressive learning workshop model 
with productive sessions followed by tasks that will allow you to explore the Classify platform in more detail. Please mark your calendar and save the date by registering for this event by visiting the link in the show notes. I'm looking forward to this two months of learning with Classify, where we learn, grow, and collaborate with educators across the globe. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.